Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the Owl House. I'm Patch, and joining me is the most wanted criminal on the Boiling Isles. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Uh, you know, I think I'm doing at least a little bit marginally better than, well, I can't say last week. I mean, it was only four days ago when we did this last because of our, how we uh, <laughs> misjudged the uh, <laughs> timing of what episodes would be out compared to when we were going to record about them. But yeah, yeah. no, it's, I mean, there's still, like, of course, that, like, surface level bullshit of the everyday of the last fucking who knows how long now because <laughs> uh, at least four years <laughs> yeah probably close to like five or six honestly because <laughs> it just doesn't fucking stop but yeah no it's like I, i'm at least in good spirits like i funnily enough i remember when i mentioned uh on sun uh, yeah the last episode we did on sunday when i was like oh yeah i've got an interview on wednesday that interview was actually not the one that actually went way, like felt way better about because like the one i had was just like one of those preliminary interviews they do at like the staffing agencies you know the general things where they're just like oh what kind of work you're looking for would you accept this shift all right well we'll put our feelers at what we got listed and like you know, staffing agencies are always like that, of just being like, yeah, we just need bodies, and it's like, yeah, forgot that was one of those kind. But the previous day, on Tuesday, I uh, got a call from a person from another uh, job interview, or a job I applied for, for, like, another, like, mailroom position, similar to what I used to be doing. And then he was like, okay, yeah, this sounds all good. Uh, do you want to do, like, a Zoom call with me th tomorrow? I was like, sure, I'll do it after, at like noon, knowing that in my mind I was like, my other one is at nine, so I don't want to try to have it overlap. So I faced it out. And he was like, yeah, everything that you're telling me sounds real good. I will get back to you before end of day tomorrow with like the actual company itself to see if they want to set up another interview review over the phone. And then he called me like two <laughs> hours later being like, yeah, they want to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool, nice. okay. Weirdly enough, over Teams, so, like, one was a phone call, one was a Zoom call, and the other was a Teams call, and it's like, I can't use the same. <laughs> I get that you want to see my face for the other ones, but it's like, why can't you just use Zoom? So I had to figure out how to use Teams on my phone. But yeah. yeah, I kind of hate that, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was a bit annoying, but, like, it was like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll figure it out, and it wasn't too hard. I mean, I've used Teams before at my previous job, but just as, like, a messaging program, not, like, a audio and video program, but whatever. Yeah, I worked it out. And yeah, like, based on what I talked to them today, they sounded pretty impressive, what I knew. Like, they told me that they have a few more candidates they needed to talk to, but they'll let me know. So, hopeful that that one goes well, because it definitely does sound like it's pretty much exactly what I used to do. Nice. Yep. Well, I hope that goes well for you. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, just, in general, good stuff happening, and, like, just in, like, little minor things, like, we start our... Well, we start making our new characters for our new campaign tomorrow, which is the, like, Apocalypse one I mentioned, which is going to be yeah. very goofy to see what characters we come up with. I mean, one of the background packages is straight up, you can be a vault dweller. <laughs> We're not going to bother <laughs> to, like, talk about the fact that it's straight up a term used from Fallout, but, I mean, this campaign is very Fallout and, like, Stalker-inspired anyway, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping that one of uh, my friends who are the other players chooses that because, like, Vault Dweller is, like, very much like, yeah, you have, like, a bunch of, like, bullshit skills that won't actually be useful in the apocalypse. Like, you know, like, stuff about, like, maybe, like, bureaucratics and, like, pre-war history. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> none of your skills are really applicable in the in this day, so, like, all Vault Dwellers are just a little bit off. <laughs> but it's like, uh, yeah, I, I unfortunately don't know, like, any idea of what our one friend is thinking of because he hasn't actually mentioned it much at all since mm -hmm. then like my other friend has been talking to me a lot just getting a feel for like what kind of like 
idea I have for my character, because my character is basically gonna be like the like survivalist kind of character that's like wandered from place to place for years, or basically like for their entire life. So it's like he's like, yeah, okay, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna have stuff like that, like he's like he's kind of leaning more to being like a mechanic kind of character, and it's like mm -hmm. being like, oh yeah, like kind of kind of straight up having like the Fallout Three motivation for leaving the vault kind of deal of like he's like thinking like oh my character's dad might have like wanted off to join this like science cult or whatever and they want to try to figure out why he left without a word or something like that <laughs> so it's very much also felt like it was going to be a little bit unfortunately i don't like making this comparison but the joel and ellie from the last of us where it's like my character would be like 37 and his would be like 19 or something so it's like very much <laughs> like oh okay I've, I've been around i know shit and now i need to escort this idiot kid <laughs> He won't be an idiot because he will like he'd be like a bit of a scientist and mechanic, but it's like it's it very much reads like that of like yeah this is gonna be like kind of like that, but hopefully not bad because I mean that game was made by a company that's really bad, because <laughs> every mm -hmm. fucking triple A video game studio of course is bad. Yeah. Yep. Burn them down. Yep. <laughs> Burn them all. Burn towns get money. <laughs> to use the uh, Dimension Twenty quote. <laughs> Can't believe they made a shirt of that. Cause it's like I've been like kind of com like contemplating getting that shirt, but it's like I feel like this shirt would. Br it's like that it's a situation of like this shirt is bringing up more questions about that my shirt should be answering, but also not because it's like it's straight up it says burnt towns get money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, pre pretty pretty uh you know pretty good at the moment I'd say just based on like yeah I'm excited about that because it's always interesting for like character creation seeing what people come up with. Kind of more so than yeah. the campaign itself, in senses, because it's like, it's always like seeing like, okay, we had the primer and like we know about the general gist of like the state of the world, and it's like, always seeing like, all right, how does everybody come up with characters that fit this world and like what drives them in it, kind of deal. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> How's your week been? Or four days in the case of us. <laughs> yeah, um, adventurous. I'll say that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, so classes started this week again because I'm on a Canadian school schedule, which is slightly different than the States, and it's the summer semester, which is fun. But uh, let's, let's set all that aside for a moment and talk about the bus system in London, Ontario. That's a podcast everybody wants to hear. <laughs> because uh, lately, the buses have been coming early. And so uh, I keep missing the buses because they show up five minutes early and then oh, they're no. gone. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, today, the bus I needed was not scheduled again until after class started. So I did the only thing that I could do. And I'm not proud of this. I got out my old Razor scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. Is it the kind of Razor scooter that, like, you have to, like, power it by just, like, pushing off the ground and, like, it has, like, the, yeah, it's a it, has, it has, like, the brake on the back that you need to, like, press down on the wheel? Yep, that's the Oh, one. my God, I had that same thing, too, as a kid. <laughs> I used it a lot in my undergrad because when I was in undergrad, I lived on campus, so using the scooter was actually, like, really convenient to get around. It was I, yeah, I'd, I'd and, imagine, yeah, like... Know? I mean, uh, I think, like, the scooter craze was, like, before I was in middle school, I want to say. I think I was, like, 11 or 12 when those started going around. Because it was, like, around, like, 2000, I think, when they first started being a thing. And I remember... I think that's accurate. And yeah. I don't think it lasted very long, because I definitely remember at one point, I was, like, going a bit too fast around the neighborhood, fell off, like, scraped my knee and, like, ripped up a pair of pants. And, like, 
suddenly after that point, oh weird, Chloe doesn't want to ride the scooter anymore. <laughs> just didn't ride it anymore. <laughs> it definitely it. I guess it would have been helpful. I mean, but like I still lived only like a like a fifteen minute walk away from the middle school. From sorry, I say the middle school, the uh, junior high I was going to once I turned thirteen. So it's not like it was like too far of a walk anyway. And also I would have to like put that thing in my locker, I guess, because I'm not gonna carry around a scooter at work at, at school at work at school or anything. But also I don't remember <laughs> if the lockers were big enough for that stuff anyway, because like we had like this, yeah. we had like the kind of like stacked lockers where there's one on the top, one on the bottom, so it wasn't like a big tall one. Those those we only got in high school, I think. No, I think maybe we didn't. I'm trying to remember stuff from like fucking God, how many years now? Uh, 16 <laughs> years ago when I was last in fucking high school. So yeah, yeah I don't remember fully. That, but, uh, that's yeah, the, that's so the one was... advantage of college, because I remember like because it was only like I usually had like one or two classes, maybe three at most a day. I only had to carry around a few things in my bag, so it's like yeah, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to like carry around like five periods worth of shit before I can actually be anywhere close to my locker to drop it off and get the rest of the stuff. Oh, and, definitely. Yeah, if that... I had five classes worth of stuff, I would not have survived that trip. I mean, yeah, I think it was mostly because like my high school was also like when we first started there they used to give us like seven minutes between periods to get to class class they drastically reduced it down to five and also i think i told this before how the uh the the like what's it called the doorways between the three wings of the school had the doorways like half the size of the actual hallway itself so it always created bottlenecks trying to get between a and b wing and c and b wing themselves yeah so it's like you fucking don't really have the amount of time to like waste going between classes that way and so it's like it was always the case of me being like all right is there any possible chance that i would be able to get to my locker on time between this no i guess the best i could do is having over half of the day's worth of pure like classes stuff on me which was probably not great for my back long term but yeah like, no definitely what not. Are you gonna do yeah the worst was always having to be like, all right, well, now I'm at my clap, now I'm at my locker between like fifth and sixth period. What from the first five do I actually need to keep on me to bring home? Because also, don't have <laughs> enough time to get to my locker before the buses leave. So, yeah. Yep. Turns out so, the uh, American uh, high school system, or really school system in general, kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't do super well today because it turns out. Uh, my campus is mostly entirely uphill from where I live. Oh, no. So. <laughs> that would also do it, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the ride back was nice. That was fun, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the ride back is always way better in terms of that because it's like, yeah, I just get to fucking not actually put any effort in it and all to get around. <laughs> yeah, yes, get, indeed. Let's just doors. coast down this hill. Yep. So, yes, um, I, uh, that's, that was awful. It was the most exercise I've gotten since I moved to Canada. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, not too much. Just usual going to school stuff. Jeez, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Did you at least, like, do anything to, like relax during those first couple days that was at least fun uh hmm you know you ask me that and i honestly don't remember i mean it's... yeah it's, it's always kind of like that when you first start again right where it's like the first week kind of becomes a bit of a blur that also lasts for fucking ages yeah 
And mm-hmm. like, I, I, I consciously know that I haven't been all about school this week. It's like I have four classes worth 12 hours total. It's not like that's the only thing I've been doing, and yet the rest of my time just blurs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have been making a lot of progress on my greatest chainmail creation ever, but uh, I'm nine hours in so far and nowhere near done, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I saw the picture you showed of it, and it's like, oh, fuck, that takes ten hours? I guess I can also see how it does, because, I mean, you're having to interlink, like, every single little ring, but it's like, yeah, that, yeah. that's a lot of time investment to making something, based on what you mentioned. <laughs> it's going to be very large, and uh, I- I'm just entirely estimating here. But I believe it will take about 5,000 individual rings once it's done, so... Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> How many rings is that per, like, per row? Um, I honestly do not know. I have not <laughs> counted them. There's too many. Fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I that, that, that think it's like somewhere around 120 rings a row. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hey, well, I mean, good, good luck with that. That sounds like it's a big investment of time. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, but it's not like I have anything better to do. I'm only in lectures or whatever. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's, there's times where I'm like, oh, I miss school, and then like hearing you talk about stuff is like, oh, I don't miss school, actually. <laughs> The best part of this chainmail project is, is that if I pay myself my usual going rate, no one will ever buy it ever. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the the pitfalls of being an artist on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because normally I pay myself ten dollars an hour, which is low, but you know I'm, I'm trying to get people to buy stuff, so I have to. Yeah. When I'm figuring the cost, it's ten dollars an hour for the number of hours it takes me to work, plus material cost and. So far, I'm up to $270 for this one little yeah. strip. <laughs> but at the same time, it is a big investment of your own free time making it. So it's like, you know, artists deserve to be paid with how much time they put into it. I mean, it's like, it's always something I see come around a lot on Twitter. It was like people complain about like how like artists online like charge too much for commissions. And it's like. Do you not understand the time investment in here that is needed? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I mean, like my little, uh, my little like, uh, app, like profile picture of like what I want like my future hair to look like and everything that was made by Cowgens was only like, I think it was like twenty five. I think it was like twenty plus. I kicked them like an extra five bucks because they were like doing commissions because their cat had to go to the vet and have like emergency vet bills. I was like, yeah, I'll you know I'll kick in a little bit extra because kitty I'm like kitties, so it's like. I mean, it was, like, it's small and everything, but, like, I was still, like, oh, this is, like, still a good, like, doodle of my face and everything for not much money, but at the same time, it's, like, it didn't take them that long to make it. Like, I think they made it, like, the same day of because they didn't have any, like, work lined up at the moment based on, like, their commissions that they had just opened. But even then, it's, like, I still felt like, yeah, no, I got I got a bit of steel, I feel. <laughs> just, like, again, with my <laughs> Amity uh, picture that I got from Yolka where it's, like, that was also, like, 15 or 20 I think I'm forgetting but it's like that was still like at least like a decent amount of time that was put into it and I'm still impressed it was only that much yeah absolutely and uh you know I'm just gonna say uh, my Etsy shop is closed right now because I can't run it internationally because 
stupid Etsy rules, and yeah. also because don't trust Etsy. But oh yeah, no, Ed, Ed, jewelry. Ed, hit me up in the DMs. Like huh? Ed, Etsy's <laughs> not been good for a while, especially recently with people being like, "Yo, Etsy is kind of fucked." Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't sound great with how much they're trying to basically like swindle a lot of their creators in terms of like money that they take out of like the various cuts that they get based on what you make. Oh, what up? Hey, <laughs> I just counted the number of rings in a row. This project is exactly 120. I'm so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good at estimation, huh? But yeah, so like I say, uh, shop's not open right now technically, but hit me up in the DMs if you need jewelry. Uh, you know, how about you? Anything else this week? Um, no, I don't think so. Not really. I mean, I got, I got, I finally got my refill of Estradiol Valorate. It's not, it's not like my first vial was empty all the way, but it's definitely like at the point where I need to like have the uh, needle a little bit out of the like container <laughs> itself to actually be able to like reach it that much because it's like if it's fully in the way all the way, the needle just pokes up into open air. Yeah. Because it's like it's it had been an order since like Thursday of last week. Actually, I think it might have been on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday last week, actually. I went there on, like, Thursday or wow. Friday of last week to pick up the other, like, few things that I had to pick up, like, my uh, Spiro refill. And I was talking to them, and they are like, yeah, it's still on hold. We hope it will be in on Monday, because, like, I I don't know. It's always kind of been this way a lot of the time with me getting any HRT refills. Not just <laughs> at this CVS, but, like, the one I used to go to back in North Carolina, where it was always, like... With the North Carolina one, it always felt like they would actually not preemptively like fill the stuff until I got there, and they're like, "Yeah, it'll be ready in like 10 or 15 minutes." And it's like, you say that because I showed up. That's why you're actually filling it, aren't you? <laughs> Rather than actually doing it preemptively. <laughs> like this one, at least they'll send me texts about it, but like they send way too many of just being like, "Your refill of starting an EFP is not available again." I'm like, I don't remember which one that fucking is. I don't remember one called EFP. That's probably like something about like syringes or needles or something based, yeah. based on what i can guess they have like different terms for that shit i mean it's much like how like my oh. progesterone is actually like a specific like brand or whatever like i looked it up when i was trying to figure out uh different methods of uh taking it let's say where it's like okay this is the guy that can <laughs> be taken that way yeah yep i gotta say i mean i'm glad you got your stuff but it is impressively bad if you had to wait two weeks for a refill oh it, i mean it wasn't two weeks it was basically like pretty much like less than one week because like i said it was like tuesday or thursday when my or no tuesday or wednesday of last week when my doctor actually like sent the refill she actually did a little bit ahead of when it was supposed to be refilled because it wasn't supposed to be refilled till the 10th like earlier two days ago but she <laughs> refilled it a little bit sooner because i actually asked her if we could increase from 0.25 milliliters to 0.4 so she's like oh yeah I'll, I'll go ahead and authorize that and send it over early so it was technically like still like ready a day before it should have been in a sense, even though it's like it was ordered beforehand. So I don't know, bit of a I bit guess. of a bit of a uh, yeah, a little bit of a uh, semantic there, I guess. But whatever. It's not like I needed <laughs> it because I still had some, and I still have enough for like another week or two before I even have to open it. But yeah, it yeah. was it was just a little bit annoying. But I mean, it's not like I I'm going there like every like three weeks or so anyway, because there's always like some different refill that's ready to go. Like I gotta go like next week to get more syringes because I only got two <laughs> left, kind of deal. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's kind of weird how it's, like, it's all, like, segmented. It makes sense with the, uh, the progesterone, at least, because, like, I was actually like, oh, let me put that on hold for a bit and j while starting injections, because I'm like, I want to see how much injections do. But then, like, two weeks yeah. in, I was like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, I want to get back on that, because I don't need to necessarily know, like, which, like what's doing what kind of deal. And also because, <laughs> you know, stack it up, maximize chances, I guess, maximize gains, fuck it. 
So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, still figuring it out, I guess. It's only been a little bit since, uh, you know, it's it's been 13 weeks now since I started Injections. 14 by the time this episode goes out. And wow. it's, it's been, like, a little over a week since I started uh, taking progesterone in a different way. <laughs> Which I still am dancing <laughs> around, and I feel like everybody can interpret what I'm getting at anyway. <laughs> Especially since I also <laughs> mentioned in the Discord, like, last week anyway. So, whatever. Yeah. I spoiled it, at least, because, you know, content warning stuff, but yeah, still. It's very it's very <laughs> funny how it's, like, it's one of those things that it's, like, you kind of dance around in me while, like, Oh, uh, this is actually something I did earlier this week. I actually went to uh, our queer support group in person this time instead of like the oh. last few times when I did it virtually. Nice. Mostly because it it went good. It was like it's definitely different in person because it's also like an hour and fifteen minute drive because <laughs> it's like it's in <laughs> it's in like a a town like near the the border between Connecticut and New York kind of deal. Woof. Yeah, it's a bit of a drive from Hartford, but it's like it wasn't too bad, and also it's like it was nice to actually like see some of them face to face this, this meeting was actually way more people than our previous ones because our usual ones are only like maybe like eight or nine people maybe ten this one was like maybe like 11 people in person like six or seven over uh zoom so it's like we, we it was pretty stacked we were like 17 or 18 people total but i really wow. i really went there because uh one person there actually had like some old femme clothes they were trying to give away and like they told me like hey you interested in any of these that i have and they sent me pictures they're like oh yeah i like these two so they're like oh, okay cool i'll figure out a way to get them to you and it's like well if you're going to the next meeting i could just go there in person so that's what i did i picked yeah. them up from them kind of deal nice yeah they look good they make the boobs look big <laughs> <It's> always <laughs> always a benefit but yeah it was like uh yeah i mean it was definitely interesting uh difference of it and also like you know, they usually do, like, a segment of, like, yeah, let's talk about gender euphoria. Anyone have any recently? And I was like, I have something real quick. This is the first time I'm actually dressing uh, in femme clothes out in public for the first time. I was like, oh, hell, and they were like, oh, hell yeah. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I wore my, like, nice frilly blouse and my, like, little polka dot skirt. <laughs> yeah. It felt good. Uh, you know what? I know we're at our 20 minutes, but I just realized when you said that, that made me think of another thing I did this week. Um mm -hmm. I went to a fancy bra store in the mall. Um, we don't have Victoria's Secret up here in Canada, or at least not where I live. Mm -hmm. So it's a place called La Senza, which is like Victoria's Secret if they were evil and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all black and neon pink. It's ridiculous. Is that, that's spelled uh, S-E-N-Z-A? Yep. I was trying to figure out like what La Senza translates as. <laughs> no idea. Probably like the sensual but or something. That. Uh, something like. Apparently, that, yeah. it's Italian for the without, at least according to Google Translate of La Senza Translate. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I guess it. I guess it sounds more like Spanish or French to me rather than Italian. I don't know. I think it's. Mm, I, don't I mean, know. it being French would it, make more yeah, sense it be, it being, since it's Canadian. Yeah, but... like it, apparently in Spanish that says the sense. Let me check French because, like, I mean, it's Canada that makes sense. French, um, French actually doesn't have a translation of what Senza is. It is apparently a Spanish company. Okay. But the point of that, this that is makes sense. Is be that, the uh, <laughs> I went to the fancy bra store and I got measured. And the lady there told me that, congratulations, you're up to a D-cup. So I got some new bras. And then I got home and they were just entirely too tight. I think that... Uh. <laughs> yeah. I think that store is designed to goose you up and make you feel good, so you buy bras that don't fit. Oh, no. <laughs> Do they at least have a decent return policy? 
Uh, yeah, I should be able to exchange it, no problem. But that's not the point. The point is, they told me that I was doing really well, and then I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a bit of a mood killer. <laughs> but especially with just how, like, you know, when you're dealing with stuff like this, you definitely do spend, like, prolonged periods of time with it seeming like nothing's going on. Because yeah, that, yeah. that's what HRT is like. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, titties. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, that was my week. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, at least the, the bras look nice, even though they didn't fit. Uh, once I get bras that are of an appropriate size and are not such tiny bands that they will squeeze me in half, yes, oh, no. they will look nice. Yeah, I, I kind of had that problem because, like, uh, I did one recently where uh, I had to pick some stuff from, from Target, and I was like, let me get a new one that's, that's like one of those like pullovers that don't have like the 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 fucking uh oh, clips, yeah, yeah. clips or whatever and it was like oh okay yeah i know my size i'll get one in that size because i bought from it before and it was fine and like i put it on and it's like this is definitely not gonna fit <laughs> this is too tight so it's like <laughs> again one of those stupid fucking bra thongs where it's like i know what band and cup size i need <laughs> this is the same one but different company that makes it so they have different fucking standards i guess so whatever but, like, Target has, like, pretty lax return policy, because, like, like, three or four times now I've been like, yeah, this one doesn't fit, and they're just like, okay, whatever, we'll just give you a refund, you don't even need to bother sending it in, because, I like, guess like, the stocking cost to, like, have it sent back to them, because they have to, like, cover the shipping and then, like, restocking fee or whatever, they're like, yeah, fuck it, it's, like, ten bucks, don't worry about it, donate it or whatever. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so Wild. they don't give a fuck about that, and, like, it's weird because I'm, like, kind of expecting them to at one point flag my account, because it's, like, for the amount that I've been like, yeah, this doesn't fit me, because broad sizes are fucking bullshit <laughs> like, surprisingly <laughs> they have not like come after me yet about that but yeah whatever hey yeah i mean whatever works i guess just yep. donate them somewhere if they don't work yeah that's pretty much what i'm thinking of because like i even like when my mom sent me a few shirts you didn't like anymore that you don't want to like pack up to bring back from california and everything she was like yeah if you don't like any of them just send them to somebody else like pass them on to somebody who can use them and it's like okay there weren't many that I didn't like. like. She has like a few. She definitely has a few that are definitely like way more like mom clothes. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> like I put them on and it's just like I'm just like looking in the mirror and it's like, yeah, this is this is definitely mom outfit. <laughs> like rather than like 30 year old outfit. But yeah, it's like it's very, like I even explained it to her. I was like, yeah, that's definitely like more of a mom outfit. And she's like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. You know, somebody else can get the benefit of it when I eventually get back to like another donation center to give them to them. Nice. Yep. This is this is what people tune into now. Last podcast about right to hear about bras and titties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta talk about how weird bras are. <laughs> it's the law or something. Yeah. I mean, hey, to be fair, bras are weird. We it's have true, we yeah. have to we have we are contractually obligated by society to wear a piece of clothing that keeps our chest in order. I mean, while nobody in all the fucking centuries is able to really figure out any universal sizing of these things. <laughs> it's like, well, one, it's like mean... one of those stupid things where it's like not, like you would think that they would design like car windshields better to like deflect sunlight or something like that, or at least reduce the glare. And it's like, no, they're still all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, it's not like... A contractual obligation. Yeah, but because I like the way it feels. Yeah, we, yeah, we do it because we like the way it feels more than anything, and also because like, turns out again, getting like bumping into something boob first is not pleasant, and like having a little bit extra layer definitely helps to reduce the pain. 
because <laughs> yeah again i'm i'm gonna be at a year and a half in like two and a half weeks and it's still a case of me being like you think i'd fucking learn by now that i should not leave with my fucking just like walking it around corners and stuff and yet i still <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't hurt less as time goes on I'll yeah tell no, you that. No. i mean it seems like it hurts a little less at the moment, but also it seems like I'm back in like a bit of like stagnation at the moment. So it's like, it's definitely more pr prominent when you are definitely noticing a bit of growth going on, and then you take a shot in the titty. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, it's it's actually I don't want to say it's been very funny listening to my one friend who's been on hormones for like a whole month now, who just actually increased their dosage on uh, over the weekend. But it is very, like, it was pretty amusing to me when they were just being like, Chloe, this, I need to just make sure you definitely were also having this whole experience of just constantly thinking about your nipples during the first moment. I'm like, yeah, welcome. We both chose this, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I hate biology, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> Again, we both chose it. <laughs> You're not going to stop. And they like, yeah, no, hell no, I'm not going to stop. I'm just like, yep. Get right, get, get used to it. It doesn't get any better. Uh, it's it's very amusing. Yeah, uh, it's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Again, going for almost a half hour now. We've been talking a lot, mostly about bras and boobs. And and, and scooters. <laughs> the people need to know. Yeah, the people need to know what it's like to have boober. <laughs> I think with that we should probably get into it, right? Because once again, That's, I have like three yes, pages probably. of notes. <laughs> uh, it's only gonna get more from here on out, I feel, because <laughs> we're now in like the fucking like last three episodes where shit's hitting the fan all the time. Yeah, Although that is shit's, almost certainly been, not going to, to be go fair, away. Shit's been hitting the fan since like midway through season two A, but it's like it's it's definitely hitting more of a fan these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, much like last time, we only had one episode to cover because we are as current as can be. I guess actually my tweet last time was not accurate because we weren't fully current because by that point, Live in Frontiers is out. But whatever, we're as current as we can now be as of this time when this is being recorded because yeah. by the time this goes out, Otan and we're on that will be out, so whatever. <laughs> we're as current as we possibly can because, yeah, we covered uh, Season 2, Episode 18, Live in Frontiers, which is... I get the I get why they chose the title, but it also seemed a bit strange of a pull for what goes on. I mean, I get that it's uh, very much like people trying to figure out like how to get out of like basically a maze, but it's like kind kind of a weird pull for the title. I gotta say. Yeah, it doesn't seem super uh, accurate. Like at no point is it really portrayed as. Uh, something you could get lost yeah. in, you know? They're not in something that's like the equivalent of like the Labyrinth with the Minotaur or something, but it's like they're still yeah. very much in a case of like, yeah, we don't know how to get out of this shit. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, uh, Labyrinth Runners begins with a flashback to a few years ago, I'm guessing, because like Gus definitely isn't... He, he looks a bit smaller than he did back in Season 1, and he also has a different voice actor that we'll cover in, in this flashback. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's when Gus... I think this is when he ever first started at Hexide when he got no I think it's when he got bumped up to grades I don't think it's when he got first started at Hexide but yeah uh he's like finishing putting together I guess a science exhibit is the best you can describe it it's like basically like uh anatomy of the titan with like one of those like science fair things of like asking if the titan is a meat tyrant or a veggie king 
Yeah, that was... Very, I don't yeah. know what this assignment was supposed to be. It, it very it, much kind of reads as, like, one of those stupid bullshit science fair experiments where it's, like, you know, it, it's, it's like the equivalent of, like, everybody making those fucking, uh... Like uh, baking soda volcanoes, or like the two bottles of soda with like the torn, like the twister effect in them, because <laughs> well, just so many people made those because they were so easy to do. <laughs> I mean, kind of, but at the same time, like it wasn't as though there's real experiment there. He's yeah. just asking a question, and yeah, there's no follow up. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they're going with this, but maybe there's like something in trivia that'll come out in the next couple weeks about it. But yeah, there wasn't anything <laughs> out on the wiki about it. But yeah, uh, yeah, as he's doing that, the illusion teacher asks how working with his partner went. And Gus says they're basically best friends already. But just at that moment, his partner walks in, gloating to another student about how he goofed off from the assignment since he had the new prodigy do it poorly for him, just alluding to Gus, and that he pretended to be Gus's friend to do so. And of course, he's doing this like two feet away from Gus, and Gus easily just, <laughs> like, hears this and, like, just, like, snaps his finger to make the. Uh, exhibit disappear because I guess it's just an illusion actually it's not actually a physical thing he made I guess well yeah I mean it's illusion class so yeah I, yeah I guess if it... anything this might just be testing his ability to create intricate illusions rather than a science fair project it, yeah it could be because like I mean when we see Gus years later he tells Lucy he doesn't know any other magic besides illusion so it's like yeah it probably is just that rather than an actual exhibit yeah, yeah, he does that and runs from the class, just clearly upset, like the other kids being like, it's just a joke, bro, but it's like, it's right, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he runs into an empty classroom and just kind of berates himself, because, like, he got, keeps, apparently this keeps happening. And while he's doing that, his eyes glow blue, and he uncontrollably creates illusions of the kids picking on him, and I guess he's just, like, accidentally reliving, like, past experiences that make him upset. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, big same Gus. But at that point, he's distracted by a poorly made abomination in the doorway saying hello, and it's Willow trying to cheer him up because I like that Jesus has like a fucking like finger bone poking out of this abomination. Yes, I hate that this abomination has a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, from what we knew, Willow was bad about making abominations for a reason. But it's like this seems like it's like more like. I mean, obviously, in, like, the years since, she got better at it a bit by the time that we're introduced to her proper in the show, but it's, like, <laughs> yeah, like, she apparently was, like, so bad at making them that she has, like, literal fucking finger bones in it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, hmm? No, nothing. I was just laughing. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Uh, she tells him that she thought that she was the only one who hid in this classroom when she got down, so I guess she also <laughs> does essentially the equivalent of what Gus does here. And... Uh, Gus is basically just, like, uh, yelling at the illusions to shut up and go away, which... It's kind of, like, implied Willow can't see them, but at the same time, she also, like, kind of, like, puts her hand up to enter the illusion. So, like, I th I feel like... I, I guess she's, like, not able to see them, but also can? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's kind of, like, a little vague there, because she doesn't have the effect happen to her where she also relives stuff, like what happens later on near the end of the episode. So I guess it's, like, not as severe and... She just doesn't understand. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely not as severe. <laughs> yeah, and, like, she also, like, I guess... I, I, I think it's just that she doesn't see what's going on, which is why, like, she accidentally just, like, walks into it and doesn't realize. But, yeah, it's kind of implied that she didn't see it. But, yeah, uh, she kneels down to him and says that she also sometimes gets stuck in her own thoughts, which, again, big same for these kids, so no. And Willow teaches Gus a preview technique she learned from her dad's, which I just like the fact that she actually does say she learned it from her dad's, like, 
it's one of those again we know, already know she has two dads but it's like the only time that we really have had willow like mention another character that she has two dads i guess it's just a nice little like extra in there of like oh yeah willow has yeah. two dads and <laughs> yeah gus does it as well and like calms him down enough to disperse the illusion and the two introduce each other and shake hands which i guess is just a signifier of them being good friends and like throughout back then until the present <laughs> yeah uh, in the present, we see multiple students having just become multi-track students, which I really like to see, and I like that this actually happened, it's so good. Cause, like, yeah, definitely. We have uh, Matholomew having joined Illusions after he just fully berated what Illusions were capable of earlier in the season. He, he looks <laughs> fucking stoked about it. Uh, Edric has joined both Peacekeeping and Potions, and Emera has joined Healing, because we saw them doing those, that magic back in uh, looking at, uh, reaching out earlier this yeah. half-season. Yeah, it's really cool that they're doing this with, like, multiple characters. Also, Matthalmio gets to do something besides just being a bit of an ass back in uh, this half season <laughs> when he was, like, helping about a scam. So, that's good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking a drink of icy at the moment. Yeah, it's all good. No, I, uh, I don't know. He still doesn't get to do a ton in this, so he, it's not he like... Does, he does get to fight off some guards by just making slabs of dirt and, like, stone. Yeah, them absolutely. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a very, cool moment yeah, for it's, him. It's very much it's just a, like, not a lot. Yeah, it's very much like a tough-ass move where he does get to do that. So, like, it shows that he's at least getting better with, like, doing his, like, specialty of magic compared to yeah. where he was before, where, like, his uh, construction magic wasn't that strong. But, yeah. Uh, we have the same teacher from the flashback, the illusion uh, teacher, saying that it's nice seeing kids embrace multi-tracking and how she had to, like, she just kind of dwells on how she had to give up everything to join the illusion coven. Uh, Bump's there and he admits that he thought it'd be a hassle at first, but he's just stoked to see students being more enthusiastic about school than ever before. So, thanks to Luce, you actually, like, helped this guy realize that <laughs> kids should be flexible and that he should be... <laughs> Uh, at that, a uh, man of a tail in his face covered a hood walks in, saying that they have a bit of a problem, and he holds up, uh, kind of like a pendant with the illusion track signal on it, showing that he's the head of the coven. But we This guy hmm? looks so cool. <laughs> yeah. He actually kind of looks better like this compared to what he actually looks like. You're, yeah, that's he, exactly he like my a, complaint. He has a bit of like a weird bodysuit <laughs> with, with his actual appearance. It's kind of weird. Like, I like that he just, like, is, like, this, like, kind of, like, weirdo who's just, like, kind of scruffy looking in this appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that he actually, like, is putting up this fake presentation of what he actually is like compared to everybody knows what he looks like in reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we get over to the cafeteria where Amy, Gus, and Willow are having lunch. Amity shows them the last messages on the little Tamagotchi she got from Luce, but all she can make out from them is that Luce has learned a lot of bad stuff, there's something about the Day of Unity, and the message, don't scare him away, which we don't get full confirmation, but definitely relates to Hunter, I feel. Like, it's just like, in case of, like, if he goes and seeks any of you out, don't fucking attack him, I guess. Makes sense. Yeah. I did take the time to go frame by frame on these messages, just making sure, and it turns out there's no hidden message there. Oh yeah, I, I was trying to do that too, and it's like, oh yeah, it definitely looks like it's not actually like trying to spell out things as much as the other ones were. Like we don't, yeah, we don't, that... we don't get any like, uh, like rewatch, and then you actually catch the fact that like she called uh, like Amity a cutie or whatever, <laughs> or you were well, pretty. Yeah, no, it's just exactly what Amity says. The messages that we can see are a lot of bad stuff. And then a word that's made of two letters, and then a word that's made of three letters, and that's it. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's like the equivalent of Luz just like, 
getting frust frustrated and like smacking the keyboard kind of deal. She's just pressing whatever, basically. <laughs> well, that is like they're unknown characters, which is interesting. Mm. So I don't know yeah. what that is, but yeah. Well, I mean, she also has a bunch of hearts that like Gus brings up, and she's like, "Oh uh, yeah, those those are for me." <laughs> it's very funny. I did. Did you see the uh, the redub for somebody did like a fan did like a redubbing of this scene, which is pretty good. <laughs> Can't say that I did, no. Oh, I'll have to find it again. I, I think I linked it where it's like, it's just them like redubbing over them talking about it, just like as a way like normal teenagers would. And it's like, it definitely is funny because it's like Amity being like, yeah, I'm just concerned because I can't read gay people code that I think Luce is like running away or something. It's very funny. <laughs> I'll have to find it later. <laughs> show you again. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So Willow says that she stopped by the Owl House, but so it's sworn by Coven Scouts, so she didn't really pursue much. Uh, she says she considered capturing one to get some info, but Emmy said it's fine that she didn't because they're tough and that not everyone can stand up to them. Which annoys Willow because she flatly says that she didn't go in because she didn't want to draw more attention to Lucy and Eden, not because she couldn't take them really. And I'm Amity... not gonna lie, this is probably the worst Amity moment for me. Even back when she was a bully, it wasn't just condescending she, like this. Yeah, well, I mean, she she was pretty condescending. Like, I mean, she, when I mean when she's first introduced, she is just fully like making Willow be like, "Yeah, one day you can, you too can be a star," and like having the abomination draw a star on her head. But this also this I does guess. this does feel like way worse because it's like she's realized that she was being an asshole, but she's still kind of being a bit of an asshole. Just yeah. like, just like, <laughs> kind of like ignorantly being an asshole compared to like directly and uh, on purpose being an asshole. But yeah, uh, Amity awkwardly chuckles and says that that was the smart idea. And as they go to leave, Gus pulls Willow aside and tells her that she should say something to Amity about the comments. And Willow lies and says she's fine and that Amity just needs time to get to know her real self compared to what she used to know her as. You know. Mm -hmm. and, but uh, yeah, after they leave. <laughs> some reason I wrote guys, not Gus. I don't know why my notes are wrong here. Gus sees a <laughs> trash can nearby Shake, and he spots Flatjack inside with a sandwich. He remembers him from any sport in the storm, which I don't remember why I keep having so much problem trying to, like, pronounce that title. <laughs> I think, I don't know, I, it doesn't help I abbreviate it as just, it's like main letters of A-S-I-A-S here, for my purpose. <laughs> but yeah, he gives chase after him, eventually coming to an empty room called the Paranoratorium. I still like the amount of, like, just fucking goofy-ass, like, like, creepy names they come up with well, places in the show. It's a pun, is the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's very uh, good, because it's, like, it's the paranoid auditorium. <laughs> well, it's the... Because that would normally be a natatorium, is the word for that. And oh, so, gotcha. paranatatorium become... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So it's even better. But yeah. Uh, it's, under, it's like closed off because it's under repairs, and when he's inside, he finds Hunter having been camping out there. Uh, Gus just asks him what he's doing here before Hunter can answer. There's like a little bit of like his stash of like meager possessions, which are like a sleeping bag, some bags of hex mix, a couple drinks, and multiple books on Grimwalkers. So <laughs> he knows exactly what he is, poor boy. <laughs> oh no. But yeah, that, that second stuff just kind of topples over just to draws Gus's attention. And he realizes Hunter is hiding something, since he's obviously not at the castle anymore. And Hunter admits <laughs> that his living situation hasn't been great. Uh, Gus asks him if he knows where Luce is, and Hunter's surprised to learn that she's not with Ida anymore. Because I guess he's also just not aware of like what's going on with after yeah. the events of the last episode. Obviously, because he's not the coven. 
The thing that really surprises me about this, um, how do I say this? He says that his living situation has been compromised, maybe. Like, even after going yeah. into the Emperor's mind and finding out what he is and reading all these books about Grimwalkers, he's still not certain that the Emperor isn't out for him. It, it, and even after the fucking manifestation of Bellus inside his own mind tried to kill him by dragging him to yeah. the skull conscious. I, it's something that comes up near the end of the episode where Hunter even admits that after learning this, he tried to, like, still, like, believe in the lie. So it's, like, it's still, like, a little bit of that, in a sense. Of, like, him being, like, I still want to believe that it's okay, but really it's not. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to like realize that something you've been knowing your entire life isn't actually what you believed it is, and that you need to accept that in order to move on. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> from personal experience, <laughs> but yeah, trauma. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Bum calls all the students to the gym for an announcement over the PA system, and like before Gus heads off, he actually like brings out his uh, little lunchbox. To give Hunter just because he's like, yeah, all that hex mix can't be good for you. You gotta eat something real. And he gets it <laughs> in before he leaves. So again, good guy, Gus. Uh, yeah. At the gym, Bump introduces the guy that we were introduced to earlier, Adrian Gray, who's headed to the Illusion Coven, like I said. Uh, he explains that Bellows plans to end multi-track studies by branding everyone with Coven sigils before the day of Unity. But Bump promises them that Adrian has come to help them. I don't know why I actually just have him referred to as Adrian in the notes here, because after the entire episode that we call him Grey, I'll just, I, I will readjust <laughs> myself to just call him Grey, because everybody calls him that anyway. But yeah, because yeah. he's going to go ahead and make illusions of sigils on them, because he's actually, like, you know, uh, doesn't want to have the kids forced into giving up their multi-track stuff. Uh, he seems like a really cool dude. Yeah, for all of five seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Edric is kind of randomly pulled on stage to be the first student who gets these illusions, but as uh, Gray reaches for Ed's arm, Gus is kind of somehow able to briefly see that there's an illusion over Gray. I think it's, I guess it's just like something that like he has a really good like perception check. I guess is the best way I could describe it. <laughs> like Gus has Gus has taken skill expert and has expertise in per perception. I guess that not even the teachers on stage can see for some reason. Or maybe it's because, like, he has, like, just really advanced illusion powers that he can actually detect it easily. I don't know. Something yeah, about we'll it... we'll talk about that. Yeah, something about it lets him see that there's, like, obviously an illusion going on over Grey. And, uh, he calls for them to stop and just casts some sort of spell to disperse the illusion. And reveals that it's a coven scout that's been pretending to be Grey. And at that, uh, Grey is basically just, like... <laughs> It's a it's a funny thing that goes on throughout the entire episode. He's basically treating like this all like it's a fucking production, like a TV show being filmed or something like that. Because he just <laughs> tells everybody to cut, and he has like a bunch of scouts appear behind other illusions that are just throughout the entire gymnasium. <laughs> and he finally reveals himself for who he is, which is this again kind of pompous looking dude in like a bodysuit with like a monkey tail or whatever. Yeah, and... I don't know what the deal is with this, like. If that's what he looks like, and people know that's what he looks like, why did he not stop it immediately when the other guy came up with the gruff, roguish, all-in-brown leather yeah, thing? Yeah, I, I mean, this, this is, again, part of him, like, treating this all as a production because he's, like, berating the entire, like, air quote staff of actors that he's got of, like, yeah, your illusion to me was piss-poor and whatever, and just, like, 
you know, telling them all, like, Severin, you're not doing a good job, you're on thin ice, and it's like, he didn't specify what Severin did, and also, like, everybody, everybody in the Emperor's government is also having those snodgy marks as it's being like, I don't fucking get what you mean by the note within the note. <laughs> it's like, well, it's very I much mean, like, what she's... <laughs> yeah, it's very much what like... Severin is doing, at least, is holding a mirror. Yeah, so... like, it's like, yeah, she's, she's just holding a mirror, she's not actually doing much. <laughs> Like, it's like, she can't fuck up holding a mirror, really. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. yeah, it's very much this. He's like, he's just the stereotypical, like, dumbass uh, director who's like, you gotta, like, interpret what I'm thinking rather than having me actually tell you what kind of role I want you to play kind of deal. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, da -da -da. uh, yeah, so he grabs Gus's arm, basically, because he's, like, doubting against him because he was able to, like, fuck his whole plan up. And so he's, like, planning to actually, like, brand Gus with the Abomination Sigil to just make him not be able to use illusions ever again, which is really fucked up, my guy. Like, Gus, is, Gus knows yeah, no other magic besides illusions. He doesn't know that, obviously, but it's like, this is, yeah, definitely cause like, Gus is correct to panic here, as he does, because it's like, yeah, he's like, I'm fucked if this happens. Yes, 100%. But also, like, this is just a bad move on Gray's part, IMHO. Because yes, Gus is messing with you right now, but do you not want powerful people for your coven? What is up, my dude? Yeah, I mean, I read it as like Gray obviously does not know what Bellus's real plan is for the sizzles, but it's like <laughs> it's still a case of like yeah, you're not like doing anything to get these people on your side in the long term if you're just gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, before you can, Gus basically just activates his like uh, glowing eyes illusion powers thing that he did in the intro. But instead of doing the whole, like, locking people in their own heads, he puts the entire school in a series of illusions. And while he's doing that, like, Gray is like, how are you doing this? This is, like, impossible. But, like, Hunter shows up and just pushes him aside and grabs Gus to get them away. And <laughs> for some reason, even though, like, Willow and Amity are just in the crowd, they kind of get separated from everybody else. I'm not sure how, necessarily. Obviously, they just <laughs> wanted to, like, have them have their little side adventure and be the B-plot. Of the, yeah. like, them trying to sort out their shit, but it's like it's just kind of funny how they're just there in the group and then somehow they get separated from everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually end up at I believe it's Tibble's Carnival from back in season one. And it's like I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's that it sure place. is. Yeah. And Emily sees a text from Ed saying that a bunch of them are safe in the healing homeroom. Again, she was like right next to Ed. <laughs> Basically, I don't know how she got so separated from her brother and sister, but whatever. Yeah, uh, this is a small thing, but I do kind of want to note it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, I believe, the first time we get confirmation that uh, they text on Yeah, those. Yeah, I did notice that too. Amity does say she got a text. Not not like she got a message or a ping over Pentagram. She, speci she specifically says, I got a text from Ed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, for, for all the we know, the Tamagotchi thing just is even yeah. less sensible now. For, for all we know, they actually might have, like, an actual term for it, and she's just abbreviating that as text because Luce called them texts. Like, she probably is, like, it, it's possible that she's, like, yeah, like, Luce taught them all, like, oh, yeah, you don't have to call them, like, messages over Pentagram. You just call them text, and people understand what you mean, basically. So, like, they just say that amongst themselves now. But, yeah, it, it is very funny, and it's, again, like, one of those things that's, like, obviously, we're not supposed to read into it much. They're using terminology for <laughs> our benefit, the audience, not for it making much sense in-world for them to call them text when they don't have phones, they have magic scrolls. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, uh, at that point, uh, Scout emerges behind Willow in, like, from the illusionary wall that they're back against, and 
like Amity tells Willow to watch out, but before she even like fully gets the words out, Willow's already been like fully aware there was a person behind her and just easily wraps him in vines. And again, <laughs> Amity says something real dumb here because she kind of accidentally says it was a lucky shot, <laughs> like just like kind of like tearfully like, oh yeah, lucky shot Willow, and like she walks off and like this just upsets Willow even more than before. I I, I, yeah. I really I really like what the scout says where he's like don't listen to her you totally got me <laughs> it's a very funny <laughs> bit where it's like yeah even this fucking asshole coven scout can be like yeah no uh, girl you got me don't listen to her <laughs> yeah uh, we go back to Gus and Hunter who emerge in the the streets of Bonesboro through an illusion and <laughs> this is where we got the Gus Undertale jokes because Gus has one eye stuck blue like sands. <laughs> Which, uh, basically shows him, like, both the illusion and the real school at the same time, since he's able to, like, I guess, just look through it entirely with his blue eye. Uh, Gus, unfortunately, also doesn't know how to undo the spell because he's never made an illusion this large before, so they go to look for a teacher to see if they can undo it. Worth noting here, when, like, Gus is, like, in that moment where he's like, I don't know how to undo it, like, Hunter's like, well, you're a witch, unspell it. Which is <laughs> very specific that... Hunter realizes at this point he's actually not really a witch because he's a magic clone. It's just kind yeah. of fucked up because he's like, like makes it be like he's like lesser than Gus in a sense because he knows that he's not a real witch, which is real fucked up because oh this poor boy. It's possible he might just be trying to divorce himself from it a little bit because of the whole witch hunter thing. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, at this point like. I actually wonder, because he wasn't there to hear Bellows call himself a witch hunter, so I was like, I don't know if Hunter actually has put two into the ever, that's why his name is that. <laughs> because again, <laughs> really fucked up that Bellows would yeah. like make it so apparent and out in the open there that his magic clone is really there to help him hunt witches. <laughs> I do uh, want to ask, mm -hmm. uh, do you think that there's something up with Gus? Like... There could be, because I mean, like it's just weirdly strong. You know? Yeah, it's it's something that I saw people making allusions to from back in season one, episode six, when like Edith specified that they have taken really strong magic to animate the entire house when they did mm -hmm. that. So it's like in that time since we've seen that both like Willow and Gus are really magically potent. Like Willow when she's actually like able to be like her real confident self, and Gus when he's kind of at his lowest in a sense. Yeah. And, and also it's like kind of implied that Luce might be really strong too and she just has to like figure out her own brand of magic more or less especially by that point when she only knows one glyph but yeah I don't know like there might be something bigger going on with them or it might just be like they're fucking teen protagonists and therefore they're the <laughs> best <laughs> better than like adults for some reason yeah I don't, I don't know. know I was just thinking cause like Later on, Gray will ask him how he's doing this. Gray doesn't yeah. seem to have any familiarity with this level of illusion magic. Yeah, I mean, the way... And Gus I... is just kind of doing it instinctively, yeah. so... The, the way I also interpret it is that it's, like, again, it's Gus kind of letting, like, his anxiety get the better of him, which is kind of <laughs> directly influencing it, rather than him, like, willingly doing it. it so, That's yeah. Fair. Yeah, I think it's really, like, partly that more... But also, like, I mean, we've seen Gus able to put an illusion over the entire graveyard and convince somebody that... What was clearly an illusion was very felt real, but like, who knows? I mean, he's 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 very heavily focused on one kind of magic only to where he doesn't know anything else. So <laughs> it might just be he's also spent so much time practicing this one very specific kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, when they start heading out, uh, Gus asks Hunter why he saved them from the Emperor's Coven if Hunter works with them, and Hunter badly lies, just brushing off saying that he owes Gus for the food. And then, it's very funny that, like, right after that, he's, he immediately just fucking eats shit falling down some stairs because he didn't know if they were real or not. It's not necessary <laughs> to me to bring that up, I just like it because it's just very funny. <laughs> Yes, yes yeah. it is. Like, it's like, yes, you could have these... Like, if you're like, are these stairs going down real or fake, you could have easily tested it rather than just fucking walking like normal and falling down all of them. You could have tested and <laughs> see if they were real stairs. But yeah. Uh, Hunter air juggles Hunter. <laughs> is it air juggling if you're just, like, letting gravity do the work when you're just <laughs> eating shit on the pavement? <laughs> no, it's not, but I had to make the joke. Fair. It's more active than what yeah, I mean, he did, because I mean, he's not Eric Tuggling. <laughs> uh, not, not yet. Uh, maybe one day we'll get uh, fucking mods for, like, Smash or one of those, like, various, like, uh, Smash clones where we have Amity, Luz, and Hunter in it as playable characters. You know? <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe a Mugen or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gus immediately sees through, like, Hunter's lie, since the last time he had met Hunter, he tried to, like, trick-slash-force him into joining Nipper's coven. But before Hunter can admit that something is going on, and why he's, like, trying to mask what actually happened to him, uh, pair of scouts find them, and they kind of just easily kick their asses with Abomination Goob and Plant Magic to restrain both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they, they quickly realize who Hunter is, which is, again, very funny that nobody realized who Hunter was back in Hunting Talisman because he never took his mask off. But ever since then, he's never really put a mask on. Like, he did he did when he was trying to pretend to be a Coven Scout back in uh, Eclipse Lake, but, like, for the most part, he has not put his mask on much at all, ever. So now people actually yeah. recognize who he is. Even though you would think that the Golden Guard is pretty easy to identify just from his voice alone, considering everybody mentions that he has a nasally annoying voice. But, yeah, whatever. They recognize him and free him from the uh, vines they have wrapped in, saying that the Emperor has been looking for him. And while they're distracted, Flapjack goes, flies over to Gus, and starts pecking at the vines to free him. And he notices that he has some abomination goop on his feet because they wrapped him in that stuff. Uh, or uh, rather, they like attacked with that stuff but missed him. Oh wait, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm getting mixed up. Hunter was covered by the goops, and they freed him for that. That's why, yeah, Gus was. But yeah, uh, the guards keep trying to convince Hunter to let them to return with them to the castle, saying that they would like personally escort him. But Gus saves him because he draws a fire glyph in the goop and just blasts the guards away, and leads Hunter to an illusion of his own bedroom. I still also especially like this because it's like, it's again, it's another character using glyph magic. Even though Hunter uh, Gus had already used them before, it's very much a case of like back then he didn't know which one was which. But I like that he actually, like, remembered exactly, like, oh yeah, that was the fire one. Here we go, let's <laughs> do it again. So now at this point we just need uh, Willow to use a glyph, because most of the supporting cast have already used him now by this point. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But also, I mean, Willow is, like, strong enough that she doesn't really need them, I guess, necessarily. I mean, <laughs> Gus only needed it here because he was trapped and also Illusion Magic can't really do anything physically. Hunter used them just because, again, he has no natural magic, and Amity only did yeah. it because she was trying to do a sweet gesture for her girlfriend. So. Well, you know, it's, um, how do I say this? It's an interesting case with Willow specifically, just because, like, her whole magic is a thing that one of the glyphs do, so she wouldn't need that, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, like, there's not an illusion glyph. That would be a huge combo. That would take forever to draw, so... 
Well, I mean, there there presumably is one. Uh, at least it says to find it. Because, I mean, like, glyphs... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it, it wouldn't be an individual glyph is the thing. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, it's very much just, like, her visibility one is, like, very much related to illusions because it masks the user. But, like, yeah, it's still a case of you have to have it, like, ever prepared or draw all those little intricate glyphs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, in the illusion of Gus's bedroom, Hunter just has another full-blown panic attack because he realizes that he has to run and hide again now that the scouts know where he is because they know he's at school. And Gus helps calm him down by doing the same breathing technique Willow had taught him and gets him to finally admit that he ran away from the Emperor and the Coven. Gus then opens up a bit to him about how he used to feel like other students would air quotes befriend him just to piggyback off his talent. But his friendship with people like Willow and Luz helped him see that not everyone is bad. And he tells Hunter that he can trust him and that he promises that he would never mess with him. And the two decide to finally like keep moving on to find the others. But as they like leave the, the illusion of the bedroom, Hunter stops and looks like Gus's photos him with his friends first. And clearly is like thinking things. This uh, is a very sweet moment, but I do yeah. think it kind of a little bit ignores the fact that Gus only wanted to know Luce because she was a human. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he was kind of excited about that more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, we've gotten so far away from, like, that being, like, Gus's only, like, character trait, really. Because, like, it only showed <laughs> up in that episode and then in episode 9 and kind of just, like, gets pushed aside. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, back with Family and Willow, they're fighting some guards in the illusion of the library. And they both insist on handling things and keep accidentally, like, messing up each other's magic. And Willow finally decides to, at long last, grill Amity for her behavior. And Amity just admits that she wants to protect her since she just got her back as a friend. And, like, a bookcase goes to fall on them, but Willow not only pushes it aside easily, but also just ensnares the guard who enchanted it, saying that she only wants Amity to see who she really is and that she doesn't need her help, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Good little bit where, like, yes, Willow finally snaps and it's like, take it. It's just like, yeah, no, I can handle myself. Just fucking pay attention. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the noise that they're creating gets Bump's attention and that of some students who Amity and Willow go and follow after. And then we, again, it, it, again, obviously, it's like it's kind of a mandatory scene, but it's also like kind of one of those weird cuts where it's like only with them for like 30 seconds before we go back to Gus and Hunter. And they, <laughs> they finally make it back to the real school and they spot Willow walking around, but. Things are just immediately off as she calls him Augustus and acts timid at times. And Hunter, yeah, this... yeah. <laughs> v very bad trying to pretend to be Willow here. <laughs> From the get-go, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah calling I mean, him Augustus should be the immediate yeah, it, tip-off. You know? Yeah, it's it's again kind of a not great look on like Gus here for not thinking about it, but like at the same time, he's not have been having the greatest amount of like. Uh, Fucking, what am I thinking of? Like he's not. Yeah, he's not it's been a bad day. Yeah, it's been a bad day for Gus. So yeah, he's not. He's not in his right mind with thinking things through like that. But Hunter immediately sees through the deception and demands to know who Willow really is. And when she says that she's like scared of Hunter, what he's doing, even Gus kind of starts to realize that she's not the real Willow. <laughs> and then, like again, Gray like tells them to cut, and like the scout is actually like Severin, the Catwoman from before, who's like. They're having tried to pretend to be Willow, and he grills her out for not reading his notes about the notes. Like, it's like you should have seen the note within or whatever, and the two try mm -hmm. to run. 
away, but Hunter frees in place when he sees Bellows, which is of course also just another illusion, because it's like, my guy, you just realized that Willow was a illusion. You probably couldn't make a good assumption that the guy who is after you at the moment being the head of the illusion company is going to be doing illusion of Bellows as well. But that yeah. is fair, but also, you never know. This yeah, I, I, does seem like one of Bellows' operations, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I guess it also wouldn't be completely unheard of if Bellows was actually alerted that Hunter's there and has actually shown up in person. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, two guards uh, grab Hunter, and very, very funny words, like, Hunter's trying to restrain against them, and, like, one guard is like, dude, just put him, and the other one's like, answer's like, out of his misery? Sure! <laughs> and it's like, the guy's like, no, just sleep, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, we yeah. have a confirmed kill spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, they just, like, magically put Hunter to sleep, and when he wakes up, he's in the homeroom with the other students and staff, where, like, some people are injured and being attended to by people like Bump, Emra, and some others out of healing magic. And Hunter immediately thinks he's in another illusion, which, again, hey, pre pretty fair to assume at this point, considering you yeah. you didn't fall for one, but then you immediately fell for another, so it's, like, good assumption. But yeah, Viney and Skara are there to show him that it's actually real, where they are. <laughs> and Bump explains that uh, they and the other Flyer Derby team saw Hunter being dragged off and insisted on saving him. So unfortunately, we don't see that on screen, which I get also. We have This is another episode where they had to, like, cut the intro to just, like, the little, like, title cards. So it's like, yeah, they need more time. Obviously, yeah. so it's like, yeah, they had to be cuts, but it's a bit of a bummer we don't see them help. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, Bump also says that he's not fully convinced of Hunter's innocence, because, again, obviously, he's the golden guard. He's kind of a well-known individual at this point. Yeah. Yeah, but Hunter tries to promise them that he's not with the Emperor's Covenant anymore, and that he was trying to get Gus to them. And, again, the same illusion teacher from earlier, does this come up with, like, well, man, you know, we could just trade Hunter for Gus. And it's like... <laughs> You're not reading it close enough to what uh, Hunter's going through, where he's like clearly panicked a bit, and it's like you're not like, giving him the chance to explain. And it's like, yeah, you probably should like do a little bit more, uh, like research about what's going on of why he'd be fleeing from them too, <laughs> considering that otherwise he'd be like fully with them with this operation. So again, just kind of proves that the DJs like said they're not great people besides Bump. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, I see where you're coming from with this. Don't get me wrong. I just... To the best of her ability, the Emperor's Coven are the enemy now. Yeah, and fair. he's their boss. Yeah. And uh, so, would, yes, yeah. he is clearly panicking and not in uniform, but at the same time, giant illusion, you know? Yeah. I mean, fair. I don't know. It, it's just that, like, yeah, when I first watched this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, the teacher's vexed, except for Bump just suck, because she wants to sell a fucking kid, and, like, basically a hostage exchange, but, like, Hunter's really not, like, they don't interpret Hunter as their hostage, but also they do. It's, like, a weird middle ground where it's, like, I mean, clearly, he's, like, all disheveled, he's wearing, like, not his normal clothes, so it's, like, obviously, they might also think it's an illusion still, but, like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I guess after everything we've been through, I just don't give the teacher's effect side any credit, con except for Bump, considering that so far all of them have been assholes. <laughs> I don't know. The thing that clinches it for me is uh, back on stage when uh, they were first, when the Coven Guard was pretending to be Grey and was first going to try to put the brand on Edric. She just immediately threw herself between him and the Coven Guard. Like, there was yeah, to, no hesitation to there. Be, to be fair, she did do that, yeah. So, I guess she gets partial credit. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Alright, uh, but yeah, uh, Hunter immediately, again, starts to, like, kind of panic about trying to get him to give, be convinced that he's with them, and, like, he brings up how, like, he was with Gus, and Gus taught him that breathing technique to help calm him down, and when Willow overhears this, she actually backs him up to convince him that he's being honest about what's going on, and she also says that, like, oh yeah, and he can also help us out with stopping Grey, and Hunter brings up, yeah, 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 Grey's at the gym, and basically, like, the students and Bump just decide to be like, alright, let's fuck up these people. <laughs> like, this didn't take much to really convince them, like, yeah, let's fucking run them from the school and kick their asses. <laughs> let's really get the Emperor's coming pissed at us even more than they already are. <laughs> but yeah, uh, over at the gym, Grey is trying to gloat and monologue to Gus about just, like, how he's better than people, obviously. But <laughs> Gus is not even bothering to really pay attention to them, as he's just berating himself for having messed up once again with not even being able to tell Willow apart from an imposter. And yeah. Grey demands to know how Gus knows the Looking Glass runes because they're an illusion of it at the moment. And he plans to use his little, like, mirror amplifier uh, earring that he has to, like, sort through Gus's memories to get that information by force. And, yeah, he's, like, obviously, like, diving deeper than he really should be because, like, while he's able to dispel the illusion of her school that Gus created, he also causes Gus to, like, fully blast off again and, like, do that whole, like, locking you in your worst uh, memories kind of thing that he did to himself by accident where yeah it's, it's kind of revealed like later on from this actual moment but yeah he basically just forces gray to just get like locked up in his own mind and just be completely out of it and not be a threat <laughs> anymore yeah that's yeah. very true um it's like an area of effects now is the thing it's not yeah, just him it's, yeah it's a little bubble around him that yeah, he has, he has like, a 4-meter AoE, no-range target on yourself kind of deal to affect other people <laughs> with personal immunity. Again, to, to make references to Hero 6 Edition that you or most people listening to this will not get. This is just for me and maybe my one friend if he's still listening. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some RPG concepts are pretty universal. That makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, fair. I mean, that's just various advantages and modifiers for powers you might make in Hero. Yeah. But yeah, uh, as this is going on, Bump approaches the guards outside the gym, demanding to be let through since he's, like, still the principal of the school. And when the guards just fully refuse, the rest of the kids just, like, I guess they also use the illusions around themselves, because, like, we know Bump wouldn't be able to cast them because he's in the Abomination Coven. But yeah, <laughs> they just all, like, pop around him, and they just, like, just start to, like, fucking can these guards their asses. Like, no, no like, real, like, provocation either. These kids are just ready to take them the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it's a it, yeah, it's a little like good scene of like various kids like just beating them up like Viney and Scar just riding on uh, puddles to just kick some of them around and like Jerbo riding his like fucking uh, soil abomination to eat some of them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like we mentioned, like Bartholomew basically just like making like uh, dirt puddles pop around around him and just smack guards in the face point blank range. Like, again, <laughs> hey, Maddie gets to do something that's not being a dick. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah, and there is one thing I want to talk about a little bit here. Um, Barkus and Edric are throwing potions at the guards. And that's neat and all, but I don't know. It just seems like they're not doing much. I mean, yeah, the, sure, the, the getting potion... hit with a solid glass vial is probably painful, but... <laughs> I mean, the, the vials do explode on contact, so it is, like, knocking some guards away, but it's like, yeah, it's 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 just a little bit less impressive than using, like, blasty magic, I guess. 
But also, I mean, I guess yeah. it's, it, I guess it's like kind of on par with like just like two kids riding on top of puddles and just beating guards up that way by just stepping on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here, since we know Barkus's potions are like prophetic potions, I feel like that it's. What are they doing? Just distracting these guards with visions of the future? That would be cool if we got any indication of it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, they, they might be ones that Edric made and just handed some to him too, because like Edric definitely knows like. I guess actually he doesn't know as much like more blasting magic. I mean he's in like three covens that or three tracks that don't really do like direct combat as much. That's no, true, no. but he does make fireworks. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while this is going on, like uh, at the end, like Avenue and Willow like combine their powers to take out the captain of the guard rather than getting in their way again. And of course this is when they do the the little great meme that was all over the internet at the same time when this aired of their Sailor Moon ass pose. <laughs> I actually I, I like all the fan art I saw of people redrawing that, but what I liked more is the better meme of Hunter photobombing <laughs> that came around from that. Because like at one point somebody was like trying to capture a picture of the Sailor Moon pose but accidentally did it when Hunter's in frame. So people yeah. started like editing that where Hunter was like in different like photos to stuff like him in the background. Or like one I saw where it's like it's him just like walking running from on panel to like a different location for like eight <laughs> different cycles. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh he barges into the gym as the captain uh secretly like presses a switch that he has that summons an abomaton and while he goes to help Gus, Willow and Amity stay behind to fight it. And Hunter basically like receives flashbacks of the events of Hollow Mind once he enters the like uh, mind locking sphere thing that uh, Gus is doing. <laughs> but he like pushes through it just be able to help Gus. And like it's like you see like scenes of like different like uh, bad days that Gus has experienced. Like one of them is like this him being tricked by the Glandis kids. Which I feel yeah. like he probably wouldn't be dwelling on as much because he did fuck him over real good. Like he he fucked those <laughs> kids up for life based on well, especially uh Bria more than the other two. The other two he just basically distracted, but like yeah, he he really likes hated Bria her ass. I don't think that this would really like necessarily affect him directly as much, but he still got tricked, so I guess that's why. Yeah. I do kinda wonder what happens to I don't remember his name. The kid who wanted to impress his dad, who walked off with his oh, dad yeah. to get ice uh, cream. Did not... he just get lost in the woods? Or... Not, yeah, no, no. Because we, we saw him uh, the next. We saw him two episodes later. Uh, that was Gavin because like Gavin actually yes, won. Gavin guy. won the yeah he won the Grand Prix in uh, Ida's Requiem. So okay, yeah, no, he, he's fine. We never uh, and we also saw him and uh, Agmar, the other kid, uh, near the end of Follies at the Coven Day Parade because we saw them in them in the crowd watching the big hologram at Bellows. So they're fine. We don't we don't I know guess. what happened with Bria though. Bria might have gotten lost or something in her panic. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Bria was an asshole. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, at one point, like Gus is like just talking to himself, saying that he can barely trust himself anymore, just from like everything that goes on that he keeps falling for, like dupes from people. And Hunter sits down next to him and also admits that he too spent his whole life believing he was doing good in the world only to realize the truth, and yet still kind of wants to believe in the lie to an extent. But, like, you know, obviously he's, like, being like, yeah, no, you, you can't just embrace a nice lie, even if it's better and easier for you. You have to, like, face what actually happens. Yeah. And he repeats... You know, realistic yeah. problem dealing. Yeah. And he repeats Gus's words of promising to not mess with him, and tries to, like, walk him through doing the breathing exercise again, but Hunter doesn't remember as much. But, yeah, it's enough to, like... 
make Gus smile and pull him out of his funk, and he's able to stop the little illusion effect that he's doing. <laughs> and much like earlier, we sadly also don't get to see Amity and Willow fight the Bomaton, because they defeat it pretty fucking easily and quickly, all things considered, with how much time Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, these things don't seem like they're actually all that good, really. Like, they're good against, like, general populace, I guess, but, like, yeah, like, when you're facing people like Amity, Blight, and Willow Park, it's like, yeah, no contest. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked. She, uh, Amity by herself destroyed that one that was threatening Luz, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, she kind of stopped it. It wasn't like she, like, ripped it apart, but she, she threatened that she could, even though she was, like, kind of telling Luz to, like, shut up out, like, actually, whether she could do it or not. But yeah, it's like it's definitely a case of like yeah, she has gotten stronger since then, and also working with her friend, it's definitely helps giving her advantage. She did at <laughs> least destroy like the 1.0, but also the 1.0 wasn't as heavily armored. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh. Da -da -da. Yeah. Gus and Willow at that point like hug Hunter, who's very embarrassed. Again, we get little bits of like seeing Hunter clearly blushing in Willow's direction here. Again, feeding the winter shippers a lot. <laughs> And after all that, the guards drag Gray back aboard their airships, swearing to tell Bellos what happened. And Bump is just like giving no fucks and just gloats about how he's sure the Emperor will be thrilled to hear his forces were kicked, had their asses kicked by a bunch of kids. <laughs> and the captain guy again shouts at Severin, just telling her to get on the ship or she'll be walking there. And like, great little bit here where Severin, who's just been the butt of all these jokes in the start episode, just says that she can't take her, this low self esteem that she's been dealing with for the last year and just. Quits the Emperor's Coven on the spot and to go rejoin the tiny cat coven. And yeah, everybody cheers about the Emperor's Coven just leaving and being defeated. And Amity's like fully just impressed that Gus beat a coven head. And like, it's very funny that they're like, is he going to be okay? And Gus like, mm, maybe. <laughs> like, who knows? <laughs> Whatever. And yeah, Bump and the students go and ask Hunter what's actually been going on now that they're like fully believing that he's on their side. And so he starts to explain what Bellus is up to and how he's been lying to everyone, and Bump tells him to just try to take his time and explain everything to them. Which is where we leave off for whatever the fuck's gonna happen in two days. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, they still got a lot it's... to get. Like, it's, it's kind of weird, because like, I was thinking about it earlier, where it's like, oh yeah, between these last three of this season and the three specials, we only have, like... Like a little bit over three hours left of Barrel House, and it's like, how the fuck are they gonna fit so much into in these last three hours? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, they fit so much fucking stuff in each of these episodes. So who knows? Yeah, like, yeah, and we like, still need a return episode for the Snagglebacks. So <laughs> I don't think the Snagglebacks coming <laughs> again. I, fuck, I said this, and now of course the Snagglebacks gonna come back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least we covered his voice actor. It's Aaron Hanson. We covered him back yes. in episode four, so whatever. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, it's a lot of cases like that where it's like, okay, good, at least this character showed up again, but at least we fucking covered them. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, Jerbo shows up here, but again, he has no lines. Barkus has more I mean, lines than him, because even Barkus at least, like, says, like, Hunter's not to be trusted, but it's like, it's still, like, in his, like, dog sniffing, barking kind of noise. Yeah, so. we did skip over that earlier, but... Barkus just does not like Hunter, huh? I mean, yeah, no. I mean, he, he first met him when he was trying to get him to join the Emperor's Coven and just barfed up a fucking uh, Hexus Hold'em card on his face. So it's like, yeah, yeah like, he, he, his first meeting with Hunter did not go well to the point where he's like, yeah, no, get out of here, kid. And now it's like, yeah, he's very much still not liking him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else on that episode? Or I can get into trivia. Uh, no, I think that just about covered it. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so again, once more, I keep getting uh, proven wrong with me being like, yeah, we've covered the majority of characters that we'll be introduced, right? Because, yeah, I have four more voice actors here, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adrian Gray, whose full name is apparently Adrian Gray Vernworth? Vernworth? Vernworth. Fuck, I can't pronounce that. It's basically, I think it's in the credits, but it's also in the wiki. Is voiced by, and apologies, I'm also going to fuck up this name, uh, Noshiro Dalal, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, he is also the voice of Vice Admiral Rampart in Star Wars The Bad Batch. He's the main character in Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, but only the English version, obviously, because the Japanese version mm -hmm. has different voice actors. Uh, Knight Reese in Fallout 4, and Yon, Yone, I don't know how to pronounce that, in uh, League of Legends. I don't know how to say that because that character has not shown up in Arcane, so I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, he has other credits, but like, those were like the ones that really stood out to me because they were like the more recent ones and like the biggest name ones, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, so like I said, uh, Gus's voice actor for his young kid self is different because his name is Carter Jones, who seems to not have any other credits because he's just a child. So, yeah, that's all he's in. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we told him not to edit that. <laughs> Alright, uh, moving on. Uh, the other two voice actors are people we've already covered before. Uh, the guard captain is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who's just the voice of, like, every fucking animal in every form of media. He's also the voice of Alvisita. Pretty sure I covered them back <laughs> in the day. Indeed, most notably yep. Perry the Platypus. Oh, I didn't mean to go that he was Perry the Platypus. He has so many fucking roles, it's hard possible to keep track of what D. Bradley <laughs> Baker is in. He's in the fucking everything. But yeah, and, uh, like, you know, wasn't brought up earlier, but, I mean, Severin is clearly Dana Terrace. She confirmed it herself, and she's also on Wiki. And people have interpreted her ripping the Emperor's Kevin apart for her low self-esteem has quickly become interpreted as her just tearing apart Disney itself. Which makes sense, considering Disney is not a good company to work for, <laughs> especially with how they treated <laughs> her show. Yeah, very, very funny. I, I like how so many people latched on to Severin as a character, even though we'd never have seen her before. <laughs> she's, just, yeah, she's, just, really. she's just a cat lady who's just, like, very much put apart by her job, and she's like, this sucks, I'm out, fuck you. <laughs> and honestly, good for her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is just a personal thing. Contrary to what I said back in our episode of, uh, I think, Any Sport in the Storm, Luce is no longer the only character to appear in every single episode, since she's not absent for this episode. So, she broke her track record of being the only character in everything, and now she's not. <laughs> I'd have to imagine she doesn't have... I, I, I think she wouldn't be absent in the last uh, three plus the three specials, because, like, there's so much shit going on now. Because, like, <laughs> if you've seen that still from uh, this Saturday's episode, we do know, like, Edith's in it, obviously. So it's like, yeah, we, we know that Luce is probably not far behind then. Also, it's implied like <laughs> that King is, since he's in the... Uh, the promotional art by one of the uh, show produ producers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is the first episode where I actually see Bump uses Talisman to cast magic, and it's also the first time since uh, something ventured someone framed that Skara has performed any magic of the sort, because all the other times she's just been playing sports. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed by Bump in this, because he has a moment there, right? And it seems like it's going to be really cool. And then you basically just see him run forward and do one beam. And it's just yeah. like a generic beam attack. And that's it. Yeah, I kind of. I kind of hope that wish he get to do more. Maybe he'll get to do more in like the last couple episodes. Because like it seems yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, I know it's hard because he is an abomination guy. And they want to give all the cool abomination stuff to Amity. But still, they could have yeah. come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, at the same time, like, Bump is very much, like, second right to all the kids. So, like, they want the kids to have cool moments. 
Yeah. But also, as I was about to say, uh, you probably don't know Kat, but this is the first time Kat's apparently ever been seen casting magic. She's the uh, the healing track student with the black wavy hair and brown skin. Just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's been a background character for so long. I don't think she's actually been named in the show, to be fair. <laughs> I believe that is correct, Yeah, yes. I think she's like one of those various characters that they got named from like the staff at some point. It's like Bo. <laughs> Who Bo is, I don't remember. I know that like the, I know the moon-headed girl's name is Celine, but also she's never been credited in the show because she's never really had a like, speaking role. Oh no, they never said all these names on the show. We can't say them on the podcast. Gus has a poster in his room that is reminiscent of The Thing, and the episode title is also derived from the sci-fi novel The Maze Runner, which I guess makes sense. I mean, Maze and Labyrinth are basically synonyms, so yeah, that tracks. Yeah, and yeah. this is also a bit of a weird pull. The soil abomination that Jerbo makes resembles both the appetizer from Spongebob and the lava slugs from Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus, a game that nobody's really thought of for ages because it was like an old PS2 game. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> they did do that Sly Cooper remaster trilogy a few years ago. This, this is true, yeah, they did do that on PS4, I think, yeah. I've never actually played any of those games, but I know people like them. I have not played those either. Hmm. Yeah, I guess like they're they're pretty. They seem like they're like in my mind. They're like in that same space of like PS2 era game that Ratchet and Clank is. And even then, mm -hmm. like I've not even played many Ratchet and Clanks. Like I played like the third one right before uh, the first PS3 one released, and I played like both those PS3 releases, and not really many else. They're they're entertaining and fun games. It's just that they don't really have replayability to myself, and they're like they're only yeah. like ten, twelve hours long anyway. But it's like yeah, they're 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 fun for what they're worth. Yeah, games don't have to be I very have long. I've never played any of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, like they're not for everybody because they are like, they're not even like I wouldn't even describe them as like action platformers, really, because like the act the platforming isn't really that big or difficult, and like not really the combat. They're just mm -hmm. like they're just like silly like adventure stories where it's like yeah i just see wacky space shit going on <laughs> yeah uh that's all i have for that like again it it, nice. it seems like they don't they really have the time to put like a bunch of like little like silly stuff in them anymore because like they i mean they, they've had like so few episodes in this half season two where they've actually had the full intro at this point <laughs> because they just yeah. need to maximize all that time so it's like yeah they kind of just like put stuff in the background that's well, there is, um, like, just the slightest moment when Gus is in the illusion of his room and the posters from when Odelia got them banned, so the, the, the expelled posters are on his wall, and I did love that. Yeah. We, I don't think we got to see them back in the day, so... No, I mean, we only got, like, one brief shot of his room from, like, the ceiling and then, like, him answering the door, so it's like, we haven't really seen much of his room. Yeah, exactly. And and also, obviously, since I brought it up earlier, yeah, they do the fucking Sailor Moon pose. <laughs> Which, like, when I was talking to my mom about it, like, I mentioned her, like, oh, yeah, and that fucking Sailor Moon pose. And I was like, right, I need to take the picture of that and show her what the Sailor Moon pose is, because she doesn't know what the fuck Sailor Moon is. So it's like, yeah, me sending her that in the name of the moon, I'll punish you picture. <laughs> Just be like, yeah, this is what that is. Because she's old. She doesn't get that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I have trivia-wise for this. Nice. Uh, well, we can cover Luce's crimes count real quick. Uh, there weren't any. She wasn't here, so no problem. She, she might be doing crimes off screen. We don't know. 
That's can, possible, can, but until we observe them, they are not yeah. crimes. That's how it works. We can we can only hope and dream that Lucent Seda is getting up to all the crimes ever in the like last week leading up to the Day of Unity. <laughs> yes, Maybe we'll yes, find exactly. out some in two days. Yeah, but just, you know, it's not a crime if you don't get caught. So since she wasn't here, she could have done literally anything, and it's not crime. The end. Exactly. And, yeah, so that will take us to our Twitter questions. If you'd like to send us questions for the show, you can find us at usweirdoscast on Twitter, and we're also at usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Uh, this week, I only see that we have... Okay, we have two questions uh, from Aurora Borealis, at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. Uh, first question: What traps do you do you put in your complex death maze? Uh, I mean, it's definitely like you definitely put like fucking beholders and stuff like that, like classic D and E monsters in there that you got to deal with. And like, uh, it definitely put like I guess I'm just fucking along like thinking along the lines of like uh, Sen's Fortress from Dark Souls. Like, you definitely have like a bunch of like saw blades and like fucking stupid traps that shoot arrows and fire at you that you might actually step on. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, all of the classics like that, and of course just tons of monsters, because it's like, yeah, you gotta have monsters in there, it's this way you actually step on some traps while you're trying to fight them. I don't know. I'm kind of into the idea of not having any monsters at all, and just making it pure, like, through illusions and moving walls or whatever, just keep them oh, moving okay. in circles forever and ever. Gotcha. So you're thinking more along the lines of like the maze that led to uh, Gerard's Gate in Order of the Stick. For context of a webcomic, I don't think you read. <laughs> I do, but that was long enough ago that I Fair. do yes. not remember it. Yeah, Gerard's Gate storyline was like six years ago. <laughs> it's very, yes. it's very much one of those things that got lampshaded back when like Durkan like Reed died when Thor was like, God, it took you like what five years to get here, and he's like, I'm pretty sure it's only been like a week, and it's like, yeah, but time is weird because this comic goes very slowly at times where yeah you have to remember that Durkan got vampirized like six years ago now at this point yeah uh <laughs> god I did, that also this one you remember like I started reading Order of the Stick back when I was in like 11th grade <laughs> oof ouch yeah uh I mean Order of the Stick has been around since I think 2004 yeah, uh, 2003. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I remember my my friend at the time back in uh, my high school D D group like introduced me to it like back when they were in like it was like right after they finished uh, the dungeon of Durkan segment where they're like they're at the like they go to like that uh, inn when it's like they're overhearing like uh, Haley and V talking about like some crystal balls Haley has and they're misinterpreting it as like V touching Haley's boobs or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like again because like you know that was like the humor of the time at 2004. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah god i mean they're at fucking 250 at 1256 comics now durkan died in like 800 i think yeah uh, something like that well 817 i just clicked on randomly is actually when they're still dealing with uh freaking elon's dad where the hell is it <laughs> Uh, the point i'm trying to get across is that i want something like uh jareth's labyrinth mm -hmm. But uh, with no weird monsters in it. I just want you to keep going in a straight line forever until you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. 878 is when Jerkon died, I think, based on the fact that Order Stick is not booting up at the moment. But yeah, that, that's mm -hmm. the comic where it's like talking about Little Brother, so I'm pretty sure it's that one. Yeah. So yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, second question from Aurora um, Is there even a death mace in this episode? <laughs> 
Not really. Uh, yeah, she has not watched the episode yet as of posting this question, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's as much a death maze as it can be, considering that there are people pursuing them while they're in this, essentially, maze. But yeah, it's like, not not as much a death maze, because it's like, I mean, it's just a bunch of illusions accidentally created, not intentionally trying to hurt anybody. Yeah, it's not, it's not really a maze, and it's not really a death scenario either. The only reason it is at all is just because the bad guys happen to be there, so... Yeah. Uh, unfor I think... Unfortunately, I feel like they like realized they wanted to name the second half of season two "Fear the Fear the Lock," and like they were like, "All right, what's the best we can do with the L letter based on what's gonna happen this episode?" I guess Labyrinth Runners. Okay, <laughs> it it kind of unfortunately know. reads a bit like that. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I feel like they could have come up with something different if they really wanted to. It, L is a versatile letter, but yeah. at the same time, the. Uh... Okay, so I don't know how much anybody cares about this, but The Mace Runner is a trilogy of young adult novels, mm -hmm. and it's pretty clearly what this title is a reference to. Yeah. But the point of The Maze Runner is that um, it's, it's a bunch of kids who wake up in a maze with no memory of who they are and have to survive, and also there are these weird monsters who can, like, phase through the walls of the, ma the maze and hunt them. Mm -hmm. So it's a very clear allusion to what's going on here, you know? Yeah, it's an, but... it's an allusion to these illusions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it... I feel like it's deliberate, but also I feel like they could have come up with something more appropriate. Yeah, like, they, they could have figured out something, like, maybe, like, locked up to, like, like having that allusion to, like, Gus being locked in his own head or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, also, like, that title seems like it'd be more, like, interpreted literally as, like, people getting imprisoned, but, like, it's, it still fits. I mean, because, like, the entire episode's about Gus, like, having anxiety issues about people taking advantage of him just for his intellect and skill. And then, <laughs> like, being stuck in his own mind about it. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, so thank you so much, Aurora, for uh, sending in our questions. And uh, that's it for questions, unless we got anything in the Gmail. Nope, it's empty as always so far. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of in that way. We we probably at this point could honestly get rid of the Gmail, but like yeah, whatever. We probably could. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it's much easier to just send questions over Twitter than an email account. To be fair, especially because yeah. especially because like I mean, most of the people that send those questions follow the Twitter account, so it's like they don't have to actually think about the name of it really. They just have to remember I mean, like us weirdos. Fair, but we have had people send questions to the email before. Yeah. folks who don't have Twitter. Yeah, there's there's been a few, but it hasn't been for a while. Mostly, I'm just disappointed that we've had this email for, like, four months now, and we've had, <laughs> I think, two or three spam emails from what you've told me. The, no, the most amount of correspondence that's been used was when I accidentally responded to, like, uh, a freaking, like, advertisement for, like, an apartment in Boston with it, where I was like, whoops, I definitely use that one and not my proper email. Oh, well, <laughs> please ignore <laughs> the fact that this says usbirdoscast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they didn't ask questions about it, so it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if we don't have that, I can move on to the artist of the week. You know, again, shorter episode, but these are kind of going to be that, I think, for the most part, until we get near the season two finale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this week, I am going to highlight Rosemary Trash, uh, just exactly how it's spelled uh, for their handle. Oh, sorry, uh, his handle. I have his pronouns here. I don't know why I said theirs. Uh, I guess mostly because like a lot of the artists I keep on mentioning don't have pronouns listed, so I just default to that. But yeah, no. Uh, Rosemary <laughs> tries to use him. 
And uh, aside from doodling lots of Homestuck characters, who I do not definitely know because I don't care about Homestuck, not gonna lie, and also occasionally drawing the Calamity Trio from Amphibia, uh, he draws a lot of loose anatomy in very silly teenage conversations, such as loose carrying behind her girlfriend saying that nothing ever bad happens while she's around. Not not fully accurate, considering that some stuff does happen, but definitely less so <laughs> to her entirely when Amity's around for her to hide behind. Uh, Amity observing that Luce is just as opaque as ever, as usual, on By Visibility Day. Which is a very funny pun that you had to, like, realize that it was By Visibility Day. Because <laughs> Amity just, like, clear carefully looking at Luce and it's like, I don't know, you seem as opaque as always. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, a very funny conversation of Luce saying that she'd rather die than do her homework because she just wants to watch the frog show of her girlfriend, while Amity's just, like, deadpan look on her face and saying, Luce, just open the fucking book. <laughs> It's, it's very much like, I, I especially like these because it's like, yeah, these are exactly how teenagers would talk. Let, let loose and have any blight say fuck, <laughs> you cowards. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorites, uh, recent fan art of loose and Amity deciding to just float away from the boiling owls on an abomination goop balloon, which he drew right after reaching out aired. Which he's like, yeah, it's like, yes, get, let them have a good, good, nice time away from all this shit. <laughs> Uh, I also just like that uh, I was, when I was scrubbing through some of his art to see what else there was, I came across artwork, uh, fan art from February 6th that is Emmy saying, we about to go through so much angst, and Luce being like, oh fuck yeah we are. Because <laughs> that was when like, the airing date for season 2B had been announced. Nice. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's actually a little bit different because it's not as much like you know, fluffy, lumity stuff as I usually do, but it's like, it's very much like, yeah, it's still like the two of them kind of being a bit sappy around each other and just having a fucking time being a bit cringe as hell. So it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds delightful. Yep. But yeah, uh, just, just for the sake, because I did accidentally misspell uh, Wick's Twitter uh, account, I will spell it out for there. R-O-S-E-M-A-R-Y-T-R-A-S-H. Uh, -E Rosemary Trash. Sorry, Wick, I forgot you have, like, two or three C's and two or three S's in the beginning, in the middle of your name. <laughs> yep. Tur turns yeah. out it's a lot more difficult when people have their Twitter display name be different than the actual handle by just, like, one letter being off. <laughs> I guess, I guess maybe somebody had taken Wick stuff or something like that as their account, so they took that one with an extra letter added. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but, yeah. It has... Excellent. <laughs> yep. I just felt bad about it because, like, it was like a day later. I was like, "Oh shit, I misspelled it." Oh well. I will yeah. bring it up next time and correct myself. But um, yeah. So uh, I think that'll pretty much bring us to the close. But mm -hmm. uh, if you are interested in finding me in the meantime, you can catch me at patch underscore jacket on Twitter. Uh, I haven't been on Twitter very much this week because of being back in school but you know when i'm there it's just a horror show so enjoy yep and uh yeah i realized because we also skipped over this last week uh if you want to follow me for some reason i'm at chloe phil uh chaos yes i was trying to remember if i had an underscore or not between there i did not because this actually maxes out the 15 character limit on twitter so yeah it's just chloe phil chaos it's felt like chlorophyll but chloe yeah, nice. my, my Twitter is, again, kind of much the same of what it's been. It's just me retweeting a bunch of shit about the fucking Skodas being literal devils. <laughs> because, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, you know, just, like, other gender stuff I 
retweet and talk about there. <laughs> just like, yeah. like the one I just recently retweeted today of like trying to determine my gender will only produce an error message where it's like, what's this people think by non-binary? And that's the bad like bathroom sign of like the person that's like half dressed, half not. Yeah. With the bit of like what it actually is, and it's just missing no from Pokemon. <laughs> now, I'm like, gonna be honest. If I could find a good source, I would absolutely wear a half dress, half suit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that's like something that is like kind of easy to mess up in a sense. Like you kind of need like a really good designer to like make them easily blend together. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yep. But, I think uh, that's yeah. it. I'm. Yeah, I think you're right. That leaves us with nothing to say, but uh, remember, us weirdos have to stick together. together. Bye. Bye.